Welcome to Men Alive, a biblical journey to help us conform to the image of Jesus Christ. I'm your host, Paul Estabrooks. Our teacher is my longtime friend, Dr. Jim Cunningham, consultant in adult education, director of Go Teach Global, and author of the book, Men Alive. Jim, you and I have been disciples of Jesus Christ for a long time. Some men have questions about prayer and how prayer works. If God is sovereign and does all things according to his will, why should we pray? Great question, Paul. Let me tell a story about prayer from when we lived in Jerusalem. Our family went to a charismatic Southern Baptist church. This was one of the few English-speaking congregations in Jerusalem in 1980 that met on Saturdays. Sunday is a workday in Israel. Our sons were in an Israeli secular school, and I was doing research all week. Saturdays were the only day we were free to attend church together as a family. In the spring of 1980, I saw a notice on the church bulletin board called Intercessors for Britain. They would be meeting in our church to hold a prayer meeting. I was able to join them on their last night. There was a group of perhaps 50 people. They had toured around Jerusalem, meeting various government officials and learning about current tensions in the region. Now they were gathering to pray. As I recall the evening, the leader said something like, We are commanded in Psalm 122 to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. And in Jeremiah 29.7, we are to pray for the peace and prosperity of the city where God has placed us. Tonight, we also feel compelled to focus our prayers on the Palestinian people, the Palestinian leaders, and the city of Ramallah. Ramallah was a town about 15 kilometers north of Jerusalem and the headquarters for the Palestinian Liberation Organization. The mayor of Ramallah was a Muslim and the deputy mayor was a Christian. And so the prayer time began. Their method of praying reminded me of spiritual popcorn. One person popped up and prayed, and when they finished praying, another person popped to their feet and continued praying. Later at home, my wife asked how it went. Interesting, I said. A group of intercessors from Britain arrive in Jerusalem, meet government leaders, and decide the Lord has directed them to pray for Palestinian people, Palestinian leaders, the peace of Ramallah, and then they go back to England. So what happened next? This is where the story becomes amazing. During the month of May, tensions were increasing between Palestinian and the Israelis, with charges and countercharges, attacks and counterattacks going back and forth. On May 2nd, Palestinian terrorists killed six Jewish settlers and wounded seven in a grenade attack in Hebron, in response to the Israeli government's decision to allow Jewish settlements in the city. In retaliation for the killings, Israel imposed an around-the-clock curfew on the whole city of Hebron for 16 days, demolished three homes and several shops in the vicinity of the attack, and closed the Jordan River bridges to the town's exports. At night, during the curfew, Jewish settlers rampaged through Hebron, setting fires, throwing stones, smashing windows in cars and homes. By the end of the curfew, more than 150 car and home windows had been shattered. The Israeli government also deported three prominent Palestinians without charges or trial. On the morning of June 2, 1980, Basham Shaka, 
The mayor of Nablus started his car and an explosion blew off both his legs. At the same time, Karim Kalaf, the mayor of Ramallah, started his car and a bomb blew off one foot. Immediately, the Israeli military called Ibrahim Tawil, the mayor of El Bari, near Ramallah, and said, Don't start your car. They sent an Israeli military engineer to defuse the bomb in the mayor's car, but it exploded and the Israeli soldier lost both eyes and an arm by the explosion. Meanwhile, Karim Khalif, the mayor of Ramallah, released his duties to the deputy mayor while being treated for his injury. Immediately, a group of Christian leaders in Jerusalem jumped in their cars and drove to Ramallah to pray with the deputy mayor. The crowds were gathering outside wanting revenge for the attempted assassinations. The deputy mayor was able to address the crowd and say, There has been enough bloodshed and pain for today. Two mayors have been injured and an Israeli soldier has been wounded. As he spoke, the crowd calmed down and peace was restored. Later, I met one of the pastors who had been at the prayer meeting. We both agreed intercessors from Britain prayed a few weeks before for the peace of Ramallah. Hallelujah. God heard and answered their prayers. What exactly is this type of prayer we call intercessory prayer? An intercessor sometimes called a mediator, is one who speaks on behalf of another person, usually to a higher authority. In Romans chapter 8, it says, If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for all of us, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died, and furthermore is also risen, who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. Here we see how intercession works. First, God the Father is seated on his throne in heaven. Jesus, his Son, is at his right hand. No offense to left-handed men like you, Pablo, my brother, but the person at the right hand of a king was historically considered the second most powerful person in the kingdom. And the Holy Spirit, the third person of the triune Godhead, also has a role. If you just joined us, you are listening to Men Alive with Dr. Jim Cunningham. And today we are discussing the topic of intercessory prayer. If you have any questions, contact Dr. Jim at menaliveuntogod at gmail.com. That's menaliveuntogod at gmail.com. Let's continue our discussion now on how all three members of the triune Godhead work together in prayer. In Isaiah 53, the prophet Isaiah said that Messiah, when he comes, would be numbered with the transgressors. And he bore the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressors. That is the role of Jesus, our Messiah, to hear our prayers and speak on our behalf to God the Father about what we have prayed. Our access to God the Father is not through any authority of our own. 
It is through our Savior and Lord Jesus of Nazareth, our Redeemer, our Advocate, and our Intercessor. He speaks to God the Father on our behalf. But how do we know what to pray for or ask God the Father to do? That's where the Holy Spirit comes in. In Romans 8:26 and 27, it says, Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses. For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is, because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. That's how intercession works. The Holy Spirit knows what God the Father wants to do here on earth. So the Holy Spirit prompts us to pray for what God wants to do. When we pray to our Father in heaven, we make our request or intercession in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. In this divine transition, Jesus intercedes on our behalf to the Father. Then whatever the answer is, the Father authorizes the Holy Spirit to fulfill our prayer on his behalf. It's an amazing partnership in intercession. Exactly. The Apostle Paul tells Timothy, I exhort first of all that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men. We could do a whole program on supplications, prayers, and giving of thanks, but our focus for today is on intercession. The group in Jerusalem mentioned at the beginning of this program were in many ways just ordinary Christians, ordinary people. Nothing striking or strange about them, yet they were committed to fearing God and praying according to His will. We're told in Scripture that if we ask anything according to God's will, He will do it. That's how intercession works. As we read God's Word and meditate on God's Word, we become aware of what God wants us to do as His Holy Spirit prompts us to pray an intercessory prayer. Then God is able to do His will on earth as it is in heaven and never be accused of forcing His will on us, His creation. We should remind our listeners that God's greatest concern is the salvation of the souls of all people on earth created in His image. He loves us and is not willing that any should perish. John 3.16 says God so loved the world that He sent His only Son, Jesus of Nazareth, to die for our sins so that whoever believes He is the Son of God and rose from the dead shall never die but have eternal life. God wants us to intercede for those who do not yet know Christ as the Savior, so he can have his Holy Spirit work in their hearts in answer to our prayer. The writer of Hebrews said that Jesus is able to save to the uttermost those who come to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for them. When a sinner cries out to God and asks for his sins to be forgiven, Jesus hears that prayer and intercedes for them to God the Father. That is the greatest intercession of all, Christ pleading with the Father for our eternal salvation. By grace, through faith, it is a gift that God has given us, but we must accept it. That is the greatest intercession of all, to pray for someone's salvation. Ephesians 2.10 says, We are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. 
intercession for someone's salvation or who is ill or in prison or rebellious or disobedient is part of those good works that God has prepared in advance for us to do. As directed by the Holy Spirit, we can intercede for whatever is in keeping with the Word of God and the character of God. That would be someone's salvation, some authority's decision, someone's healing, or obedience in Jesus' name. Jesus then becomes our intercessor to the Father who hears and answers our request through the power of His Holy Spirit. The result of our intercession is not our will being done, but God's will being done. God gets all the glory. There you have it, men. May God's Holy Spirit make us wise intercessors who discern the will of God and do the good works of interceding for those who are unable or unwilling to pray for themselves. You've been listening to Men Alive with Dr. Jim Cunningham. Our email address is menaliveuntogod at gmail.com. Men Alive is a production of Go Teach Global. Visit our website at goteachglobal.com. Until next time, I'm your host, Paul Estabrooks, on behalf of Dr. Jim Cunningham, encouraging you to become Men Alive, transformed into the image of Jesus Christ.